You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our AIB Weekly Market Talk. Today is Tuesday the 25th of August. My name is Cormac Canan from AIB Treasury and I'm joined today by John Fahey, AIB Senior Economist, to discuss the latest market developments. John, your dollar hit a two-year high of 119.63 last Tuesday, but closed the week back below 118. What caused this volatility and what is the near-term outlook? So what we saw in the early part of the week, and I think we discussed this on last week's podcast as well, was the dollar had kind of been under a bit of pressure over the summer months. And then in the early part of last week, we saw that pressure take another bit of a leg in terms of we broke above that 119 level although that 120 level did hold so as you said there the high was 119.63 so it didn't test that 120 and that's a key support level that 120 so since then as you say we've kind of tested back down below the 119 we've even been below the 118 and we trading around the 118 mark at the moment so what caused the weakness there was no one specific factor but i suppose one issue has been in terms of when you look at the u.s is how the crisis the pandemic crisis is evolving there and then you also have the upcoming presidential election which is adding a little bit of uncertainty to the outlook so those two things combined had kind of weighed on the dollar a little bit but then during the week there was a little bit more caution in markets generally so maybe it was a case that you know the dollar was sought out again amid that uncertainty just generally speaking because you know while there's still a lot of uncertainty in the US the dollar still does come into favour at times of risk aversion on markets but at the same time too it wasn't just the case of the dollar as the reason why the euro dollar moved back down we had weak PMI data out of the eurozone on Friday and that survey data you know is slightly worrying because as we mentioned in this week's weekly when you look at the economic outlook we saw recovery start to take hold in May and June into July but there is a concern that is it losing momentum and the eurozone PMIs on Friday in contrast to what was out of the US and the UK does indicate some loss of momentum in the eurozone economy so that coincided with you know a bit of a challenge for the euro heading into the weekend and as you say that's why we started this week down or at the 118 level. Thanks, John. We also saw a movement in euro starting towards the end of the week. What drove this movement and do you anticipate any further fluctuation in the coming weeks in euro sterling? Yeah, so there was a little bit of volatility in sterling too. Generally speaking, last week, if you look at the moves on the markets from a currency perspective, in percentage terms, they weren't huge. But within that, you know, we did see some levels. So we talked there about the 119. So what we saw for sterling was around the midweek market, it kind of started to gain some strength. But then heading into the weekend again, there was a little bit of negative news flow for sterling. We had the conclusion of the latest round of the EU-UK trade talks. Very little progress been made there. In fact, uh, Michel Barnier suggested that, you know, they've gone backwards to some extent in terms of the progress they had made. So that weighed on sterling a little bit. So it means that euro sterling kind of was around the 90p mark, but that is still lower than where it was. You know, we had been up above the 91p mark. So there was two things there. There was a bit of negative news for the sterling and a bit of negative news for the euro. But the euro, its news seemed to be the bigger impediment, which is why we got down towards that 90p mark. But as I said, in terms of size and magnitude of the moves, not great. But over the coming weeks, we do think that sterling could see increase in sensitivity to Brexit news flow. So as we talked about on numerous podcasts, over the last while, the clock is ticking in terms of trying to get progress on a trade deal, and there's very little progress been made so far. So we do think that sterling is more will prove more sensitive and more reactive to that news flow as the clock ticks down to the end of the year when the withdrawal agreement expires in December. So we do think that you know sterling is 
vulnerable to news flow in relation to those trade talks and the lack of progress on it. Thanks, John. Last week, we also saw important survey data released in the Eurozone, the US and the UK. And what did the data say about the recent performance of these economies? So we touched on it there briefly from a Euro perspective in terms of the Eurozone PMIs were weaker than expected. So what they do suggest is that, as I said, a lot of the downturn for the global economy and the major advanced economies have concentrated in the second quarter. And even within that, it was concentrated within April. So as the restrictions started to be eased back, we started to see signs of a bounce back in activity in in the May and June data, in the survey data initially. And then we've seen it materialise in the hard data in terms of retail sales. And we saw that continue in July. So you referenced there the survey data that we got on Friday. So this was kind of the first key high frequency data that we have for August. And what it does suggest, as I mentioned uh, when we're talking about it from a euro context, is that the eurozone economy, the survey suggests some loss of momentum in the recovery there. Now, the UK data were better than expected. Now, one fact you have to bear in mind here is that the UK eased restrictions later than the eurozone. So it's still getting the bounce from those easing of restrictions, whereas they had been eased earlier over the summer in the eurozone. US data also was surprisingly better than expected, despite the fact that, you know, as we've talked about, you have had some reimposition of lockdowns and restrictions in certain states in America. So it's a bit of a mixed picture in that sense. It was better than expected in the US and the UK, weaker than expected in the Eurozone. And I suppose, as I said, it was a bit mixed. So it just plays into these concerns, the uncertainty over the economic outlook, because the expectation is and the signs are, okay. the worst of it is over in terms of the severe double digit contraction in Q2 and we start to see recovery. But there is the concern is that, okay. We see a bit of recovery now in the second half of the year, but basically we lose some momentum. And as the virus still persists, the question is, is do consumers and businesses, are they confident enough to continue to spend and continue to invest? Or did we just see a rebound from, you know, pent up demand? And in the absence of a, of a vaccine, is it the case that, you know, activity will be higher than where it was in Q2, but the actual level of growth could be very muted for the rest of the year. And, you know, that's baked into the IMF and the OECD in terms of their outlook. They call it a partial or a hesitant recovery, because if you look at where their growth forecasts are, even by the end of next year, the economies, major advanced economies still aren't back to levels where they were before. So it's really the end of 2022 before those major advanced economies have recovered to the full extent of their GDP levels before the COVID crisis hit. And that's just part of it. So that's why we will keep careful attention to the survey data and the high frequency indicators. Thanks, John. In light of just last week's PMI data, is there anything any data out this week that might give us further clues as to what lies ahead in terms of economic performance? Yeah, when we look at the global macro diary for the week ahead, what we will do is, if you look there, towards the end of the week, we get the European Commission sentiment indices for the Eurozone. So these are another, what we would call high frequency data, like the PMIs. So we just look to these surveys data for August to see whether they mirror the trend from the PMI last week. In other words, apparent loss of momentum in August versus July or, or whether they actually show ongoing improvement and maybe you know the momentum is still there. So we look to those to see whether they back up what the PMI data told us or, or whether they give a contrasting picture. So one month's data, the PMIs were weaker than expected, but we look to see a broad range of data just to see whether it backs up that view or not. So from the perspective of the week ahead, those EC sentiment indices are going to get a lot of attention from a Eurozone perspective. Aside from that, outside of the Eurozone, in the UK, it's a very quiet week data-wise. 
and in the US we get a batch of data out on the consumer sector and the consumer sector is key for the US economy because it's what drives growth is roughly 70% of the US economy comes from consumer spending so we get an update on actual spending activity in July we also get consumer confidence figures for August and they'll be closely followed because as I said the consumer drives the US economy. So from that perspective we just look to see what are those reimposition of restrictions in certain parts of the US have dented US consumer confidence at all and whether that's impacted actually their spending and activity levels. Okay, thanks, John, for your thoughts there. And also, as always, thanks to our customers for listening. To stay up to date on financial markets, please press the subscribe button to AAB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. For those customers impacted by COVID-19, you can find details of AAB support packages at aib.ie forward slash COVID-19. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.